0: So, this is Becca. And I'm Jake. And uh, we're going to talk about our, our adventures reading Zami, a new spelling of my name, which is a, a biomythography by Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde lived to be about 50, um, and she came of age in the 50s in New York. She's a prolific feminist writer, um, teacher, poet, politic whose words are still extraordinarily relevant today as they were when she wrote them, Um, perhaps more heard now than ever before, because I think that she was largely underrated at the time of her life. Anyways, I read this book in like 2012, maybe? I don't remember when I was reading it, but um, I picked it up. Oh, I know why. I picked it up because I was living in this um, punk collective in Austin, oh, the okay. Vegan Punk Collective. That's when I started reading this book because uh, someone had suggested that I read it, and I
1: was at the place where they had a like a diagram of a the vagina. vagina on yeah, the wall?
0: yeah. On every floor there was like a different artistic representation of.
1: Okay, uh, so now it makes a lot more sense that you read while you
0: were there. Yeah. Well, they, well, someone selected. They were like, okay, you got to read Audre Lorde or Audre Lorde. You got to read Asada Shakur. um... And what else? There was was a slew. They gave me, like, a a list, like a book list. Um, And actually, interspersed in that list was, like, different Christian theologians. Because the person that I had been connected to that punk collective through was someone that I went to summer camp with in Maine. Anyways, um, so I picked up Sammy. And I was really excited because it starts with a Z, which is uh, a personal fascination of mine. But I, I mean, I picked this book up and I was just like so entranced, entranced by the like, um, the just greater theme of overcoming um, boundaries and obstacles to sort of ad- identify struggle as universal and uh, not as isolated. And I thought um, I was sort of in the process of discovering who I wanted to be in social justice movement and uh, and what social justice meant to me and what I thought it looked like and how. I could sort of bring that down into a theory and then also expand that into a practice. And I was just, like, in love with the way that Audrey was writing. Um, so, yeah, I was reading this book in, in the, the, vegan, the Vegan Punk Collective that summer. Um, it was, it was a, a time when I was trying to figure out where my place in the world was and, like, what I was going to do because I think that I had just learned that I had to leave the school that I was at. And go somewhere different, but I didn't have enough time or or something, and I was I was given a a stack of books to read and uh, or a list of books to read, and this was one of them. And you know, I had never read anything like it before. I uh, spent most of my well, that's not necessarily true because I did just I had a year of college, but no, pretty much, I'd never read anything like it before. Um, and I I didn't have any idea what a biomythography was, and so I think um, I was qu- pretty quickly in love with the the concept and the material. It Audrey Lord is um an amazing writer and she really creates a space for you to really experience what she experienced. She's uh and I think that's what's so great about a biomythography is that so yeah she wrote this about her experiences in her life and 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 um how she felt when she was experiencing the things that she experienced. But then it's like you've also got some elements where she's clearly, you know um creating something new or or not creating something new but like emphasizing or or sort of expanding on the experiences that she had throughout her life and I think what's great about it is that it's about at at the end of the day this book is about relationships and it's about her experience with in relationship to people and in relationship to people that she was close with that she was related to that she worked with you know all these things and so um Within those relationships, you sort of see her um, just making everything seem so, either flowery or or deep or just like mystical and, and um, just really beautiful. And I was immediately attracted by it for that reason. And I was so excited about when I was reading it that I that I handed it to Jake and I was like, Jake, you got to read this book. It's so good. It's about relationships and um and and this woman's life and it's just so powerful. And you really have to read it because I think you'll really like it. And and I had just all these great things to say about it. So he did read it. I think he actually read it for a school project, um, a book report, and he he got maybe like a chapter in before. He was like, I don't think I can use this for this book report.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not sure what project I used it for, actually. But my reading of this was so, my experience reading this was so different than yours. Because, I mean, every encounter she has, every relationship she has, she thinks of, conceives of, talks about in terms of sex. Like just someone's voice has to be like smoky or silky. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can't just be, I don't know, soft <laughs> or something. Which has, for me
0: was part of the mythic. Like I was to to, getting really into it because I was to like, be like, oh, like, that's so like
1: her voice has to be,
0: enticing.
1: She, you know, she uses these metaphorical words for like beds, sheets, all the time, you know.
0: But it's everything touching, like you said
1: I mean this book if this book has a thesis, it's that she wants to be i don't know- androgynous
0: yeah, I like, mean, I think that she wants she, to
1: zammy, a new spelling of my name like what's zammy zammy is that Karaku word you're talking about yeah, yeah um like uh women who live together as friends and lovers, yeah um and the and the prologue you know the pro the first thing I read. I, I'm like, so let me, like, let me just read this, and maybe people will understand so what I'm like, saying.
0: are like, oh, my girlfriend gave me this book to read. Right. I'm super excited.
1: Page seven, prologue. Read to read it. I have always wanted to be both man and woman. There you, there you go. <laughs> there, that's, that's... You honestly uh, could
0: not have been that surprised, though. I mean, you knew me. I'm, that's I'm the still, book. still the same person I was That's then. the book. She
1: wants to be a man and a woman. Like it's, um, to incorporate the strongest and richest parts of my mother and father within slash into me. To share valleys and mountains upon my body the way the earth does in hills and peaks.
0: And I'm thinking, like, masculine, feminine energy, how they collide and, like, create spaces in humanity, like...
1: I mean, no, it feels spiritual. It's like, okay, I can get Yeah. It. So, so far, so good. So
0: you're, like, already in the middle. So
1: far, okay. Man, woman, valleys, mountains. Okay, gotcha. I would like to enter a woman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So this is where I'm... <laughs> this is where it goes off the rails for me. The way any man can. And to be entered to leave and to be left, to be hot and hard and soft, all at the same time in the cause of our loving. I would like to drive forward and at other times to rest or be driven. When I sit and play in the waters of my bath, I love to feel the deep inside parts of me sliding and folded and tender and deep. Other times I like to fantasize the core of it, my pearl, A protruding part of me, hard and sensitive and vulnerable, in a different way. (laughs) I mean, so...
0: It's also funny to think about, like, what we had just done. Masturbating
1: in a bathtub. Like, that is how she decides to begin her biography. No, but you had (laughs) just spent,
0: you had just spent, like, a year in Uganda, (laughs) right? And I had just been a year at this, like, extremely liberal arts college in Florida. and, And we were just coming, I mean, like... We were just coming from like such different places when we read this book.
1: Yes, no, I was coming from like you can't even drink non-alcoholic beer because it has (laughs) .001 percent alcohol in it, like that kind of oh orgies every
0: weekend. That kind of community. Yeah, I was coming from just talk about my gender expression really quick. Very
1: different context. Yes, exactly. So you. But I think
0: we both had like some foundational unities at the time. I mean, like like foundational values that were the same which is why i thought you could read it like i thought i don't know i just like never even thought about the sexuality of the book when right, I you were it, you, know.
1: you were swimming in in open sexuality and just no no boundaries I was for like totally blind i couldn't even see it when identity I was it or behavior yeah and i and i was yeah in like the exact opposite kind of situation and at the time um, and then there's also
0: our our different experiences where you know you come reading this book. I mean, this book. She does. She does have a lot to say. For me, I'm like reading this. I'm thinking about like, like power and, po- like the body politics and like, because, you know, there is like a great deal of power that comes with having a penis, right. and so like that sort of becomes. The representation of the power that's in the society, especially given the context of the time that she's writing this book, which is like sometime in the '50s. So you have to think about like what social structures look like then, and how she's like flagrantly disregarding those social structures by writing this like book about women in relationships and and being black and and trying to you know make a te- like make an academic out of herself and a- and she's writing these poetry and these- this poetry and this prose and these essays and she's just like expressing herself in such a way that a lot of people are coming at her and she writes so openly and so honestly about that experience as, um, in this biomythography and, and in her relationships with people. And So I'm like reading that prologue thinking like, oh, this book is going to be so great. And you're just like...
1: I think, yeah, she's a black woman who is attracted to other women sexually, a lesbian, in America. Which you came in, the world, 19, you came in the 1950s. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, all those things alone, of with course. T-
0: with t- son, of with course her life
1: is going to be extremely difficult. Right. I mean, she's like, she breaks all the rules, right, in the, like America in the 1950s, just being, 50s, But just
0: being breaks, just her being. Just her being. Breaks all the rules. So she hasn't even done anything, she's just like living. So so far, <laughs> so, like, so so
1: far we agree. Yeah, we okay. agree. Yeah, we
0: agree.
1: So, just her being breaks all the rules. So of yeah. course her life is so, so hard. Yeah. And I think that she probably would have suffocated if she wasn't so... Blunt. And not, not just blunt. If she wasn't so opposite. If she wasn't so, um, if she didn't embrace the deviance. Yeah, she didn't because embrace what was her the... choices? is
0: like deny herself or or just be like, no, this is who I am. I'm unforgiving, un- like unapologetic about it. This is, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be aggressive. And I was so like, I was so in, um entranced by that because it seemed like she was just like, this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to write my story, and this is how I'm going to talk about my life, and it's going to be like really like gritty and strong gritty you know yeah.
1: no I mean uh, I read this and she part made of me, a statement though Part of me thinks like, "Whoa, who is this Andre Lord lady who masturbates in the bathtub?" But the other part of me is thinking, this is not, this is not about Andre Lord so much as it's about all the people who gave her dirty looks, who wouldn't let her into certain social clubs, who wouldn't give her jobs, who made, made life way harder for her than it was for them and for others like them. And how that really, that just, I mean that drives someone to desperation and it drives them to be completely different than those people. So I think that a lot of this overt sexuality can be imputed to the, you know, the norms of her oppressors, basically. Um, and her trying to react against that. So, I get that. Um, that doesn't change how my experience of reading the book. Um, yeah. I'm, because I, I am th- who I am.
0: The other thing that's great about this book is that you're not just reading it. Like, you can't just sit and read this book. Like, you have an experience while you're reading it. Like, there are some books you can just, like, you know, like, read and observe the information. Like, you know, take in the information or whatever. But this book is, like, you are walking through her life with her and um, feeling something about the experiences that she's describing because she does make it into a biomythography, which makes it sort of like, you know,
1: it is. It's a biomythography. It's mythology. It's, it's her, um, enchanting her past life with, uh, with an, with an argument with, with, um, <clears throat> how should I say it? Enchanting her past life with a way of seeing, with a hermeneutic um, that, that probably wasn't there when she's growing up. It, it's being placed there, or whatever, by her as a 40 or 50 year old writing this book. Right. Um, and it's meant to. She, she. Uh, help you understand who she is. But she'll, she'll have episodes in here like as a four-year-old meeting uh like a girl in the playground or something. Another four-year-old girl. And it's it's steamy. You know, she like wants to take off this girl's dress and pull down her underwear and touch her innermost parts, and like <laughs> you know, and the girl's name was Tony, which is a boy's name, so it was like it was hot. <laughs> Yeah, as, a, as, a four year, as a four-year- as a four-year-old, and maybe that happened? It probably didn't. It probably probably no four-year-old thinks that or I don't feels know. that.
0: No, because I remember when I was in kindergarten, people would get in trouble for like going behind a bush, or not kindergarten, but like daycare, going behind a bush and like taking their pants off and showing each other. Like that happened.
1: Okay, actually I actually had similar experiences. Yeah, no, I get that. That
0: happened. So what is the difference? So what is the difference? I mean, yeah. So like probably something like what we've experienced happened, and she's turning it in, and now she's myth mytho, mythologicalizing, myth, <laughs> <mythologizes>, <laughs> mythologizing mythologizing it, mythomachnizing it, mythologizing it. it. Um, no, I think. So, but the thing is that the, like whenever you read, like,
1: and then but then like the, you know there's an episode just a few pages later she's still a little kid. I'm not sure how old she is. Um, or she's pounding spices, bell peppers, onions, whatever, in a mortar and pestle with her mother in the kitchen, and she's describing this thing as like this whole experience as an undulating, like rhythmic, sexual experience. Her 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 mother's heavy breathing, heavy yeah. bosoms over the over the you know the, the bowl.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Like, oh man, that is. Definitely, not what happened. <laughs> the time it can I mean, just she can't.
0: Maybe it's may like feeling that as she's recalling that memory.
1: She's she's. But uh, the
0: other thing that's worth considering, or that and then, who
1: remembers what happened there are six too. I mean, she's obviously, and it's it's good of her, honest of her to call it a biomythography because, I mean, anyone writing about episode when there were six is
0: yeah the mind
1: embellishing yeah. on embellishments on embellishments on like just you know remembering remembering the remembering remembering telling other people about this. I mean all history that long ago is going to be muddy. Um, and so she's, and I think she's embracing that, that sort of inaccessibility and just saying, we're, I'm going to make this into a myth. Yeah. Uh, that, that's going to but just, just explain or or help people experience what it's like to be me.
0: But you can't deny the fact that black female bodies have been historically sexualized since they first came to this country i agree so i agree it's possible that she is receiving these messages like on the streets or in the house or on the tv shows or whatever that she's like whatever messages she's receiving are probably already innately sexualized because we do receive these messages as kids like we do understand right or maybe not understand them but we do internalize the things that we receive when we're when we're very little you know were shaped by that. So as much as it as much as it probably is now, her looking back and sort of making something even larger than it was when when it happens. Like you also have to think about. There's probably an element of just the internalized messages that she'd already received at that point. Because especially in the 30s when she was raised, like there were certain expectations of women at the time, and then those mes- those expectations continued into the 40s and the 50s. And, and her whole like we've already said like her whole being is in rejection of that. Like her feelings and thoughts and all these things, she talks about, like, hitting the wall of social expectation on so many different levels and so many different places and over the time of her life that, like, there's one part where she's talking about, you know, flying to Mexico as an 18-year-old, which might have been, like, it was in the 40s, and they were like, oh, you know, you're so young to be flying so far alone, and the, and the flight attendant gave her, like, extra care and, like, made sure that everything was okay because you know, it was just unheard of for a single black female to be flying from New York City to Mexico City at that time. You know. Yeah. But I think the thing that's that's so awesome and so and was so appealing to me, especially as someone who studied anthropology, is like this this book is about relationships. It's about finding um, relationship with people and trying to build relationship with people despite the differences and trying to, like, you know, acknowledge the differences but also prevent them from becoming a space for division. So, you know, she's trying to unite the feminist movement with the, the queer mo- the queer movement and the black rights m- and the civil rights movement. You know, she's trying to become this, like, little connector of all these things because she is that. Like, she is... Right. Black and gay and queer and also a mother. And those conflicting identities are just like so much and we so much like yeah for the groups that she was part of that she couldn't even like, you know, she was getting rejected from the table so many times. And that to me is one of the most important messages of this book is like, this is what happens when we try to use our, let our when we let our differences divide us, you know, and she talks about how it stagnated the development of all the movements that she was in because she, they were so exclusive. And it 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 was like a it fly it flew in the face of, of all of the work that the groups are claiming to do. And and she describes like several encounters where she's trying to tell like she gets she gets still getting invited to conferences that the feminists like the white feminists are hosting and she'll be like the one black woman there. And she'll be like, okay, that's fine that you invited me, but I don't want to be your token black person. Like there has to be more of us here. We have to all sit down at the same table together. And then even as she does get invited and she is able to speak, she gets like nominally less time than all of the white people that are, that are speaking at that conference, you know? So it's just so funny to me that like I read this book and I'm thinking, oh, this is such a great book about relationship. And you read this book and you're like, oh man, it's like too much sex in here for me to finish." finished. Reading
1: well, this, i mean—the sex is obvious. I mean, she's trying to—it's—it's it's central. It's in the title. It's in the prologue. But she's it's part of
0: the politic, the politics.
1: She's trying to. <clears throat> <sighs> she's she's just trying to question all—not all. She's trying to question accepted definitions of identity. Here, I mean, mm-hmm. like the part—the part I found the part I was talking about where she's she's pounding. The mortar and pestle you know she says and just just, just listen to the words like they're so carefully chosen after all the ingredients were in the bowl of the mortar i fetched the pestle and placing it into the bowl slowly rotated the shaft a few times working it gently down through all the ingredients to mix them only then when i lift the pestle and with one hand firmly pressed around the carved side of the mortar caressing the wooden fruit with my aromatic fingers. I thrust sharply downward, feeling the shifting salt and the hard little pellets of garlic right up through the shaft uh, of the wooden vessel. Up again. Down. Around. And up. So the rhythm began. Thud. Push. Rub. Rotate. Up. And she repeats that over and over again. And it's like, she's... What is she? What is she doing here? She's saying, "I have a penis. I know what it's like to have a penis. I'm going to shove it right in, like mix it around, like." But it's just—it's just like as a little kid pounding spices with her mom, and <laughs> it's like she's 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 trying to like break the rules, break the boundaries. I can be a man. Um, I can have the same power that men have. I can have the same experiences that men have. Um, and there should be, not only should there be nothing to stop me from doing that, that's just the reality. Like, I, I'm experiencing masculinity in just pounding spices. And, you know, I mean, if you if you read this and don't, like, the sexuality isn't just bleeding through the words, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely missing something. That's what she's trying to do. Um, and so... In a way, my my discomfort reading this, you know, (laughs) my unwillingness to, like, give so much of what is inherently masculine to a woman um, because of just how different that is for me, is... She's she's accomplishing her purpose here. She's trying to walk me through her experience of being in the world as this person when it's so incredibly uncomfortable and hard and painful to be this person in, in this world. I mean, I'm feeling the the degrading sensation of her existing in a world that doesn't accept her. Just read this. Mm. Um, because I'm, I am that world. I'm the white, you know, straight male who is uncomfortable with this kind of uh, sensation, this experience, whatever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's what she's trying to do. I mean, the the fact that I, I didn't finish it is sort of a testament to how well she did her job. <laughs> I'm like, I can't live this life. It's too hard. This life sucks. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, anyway, that's that's one one way to think about it.
0: Well I think another I mean with just with that specific imagery, like that is sort of her experience, like the grinding, you know, the daily grinding. Like in a lot of ways it is like if you use the penis as a representation from from men or just like for power and for the oppressors, like She's the spices, you know, like she's just being grounds, like coarsely grounds. Well, like the woman thin. is the woman
1: is the the bowl. The bowl, What's in the right? Bowl. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. She's like, right. I
1: can pound that. I can do that too. Right, I can exactly. Do that. Yeah. So
0: it's just like the civil. But the thing is that that is what is so great about this biomythography is that she is using her experiences to turn into this like great image of like what her experiences also, you know, like it's like you know, I'm going to use this word wrong, but it's, like, it's, like, meta almost, right? Because, like, there's, like, the one layer where it's just, like, the the story of her, like, of her mortar pestle, and then, like, there's another layer of her, like, of, like, experiencing male power as, like, a pounding tool that just, like, crushes and blends. Right. You can almost think about it, too, like, um this is like way ahead of what she could even be thinking of maybe, or maybe she was thinking about assimilation because she was a Caribbean American um, or her parents were Caribbeans or immigrants from the Caribbean. But it's like, it's sort of an imagery that I would think of of as like assimilation. Like here are all these different types of people. <laughs> like let's just pound them until they become this, like this unit, which is also a good thing. I don't know. I mean, so it's just like, the whole, I mean, like, every experience that she has in this book can be taken on so many different levels because she's used it as a bio, like, because she's written it as a biomythography, So now there's, like, multiple applications to, like, each of these events in space, you know? But I think what you said about it being uncomfortable for you is, like, is a testament to the work, to the, the book that she's written. Yeah, she's trying to get uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: She's trying really hard. She did a great job. Um, I mean, you're interested in taking everything I'm saying and trying to turn it into a reason for why this is a great piece of literature. That's fine. It, <laughs> it probably is. It's fine. Um, I would I wouldn't give it to, like, a kid to read for like like a middle, like a twelve year old birthday. Like, here you go, read. I would not do that. Maybe you would. I would do it for um, like
0: an, like eighteen year old. Yeah,
1: I would do it for yeah. That's definitely an age. Yeah, an age is appropriate. Um, there's something that she says in this book, and that she says, maybe it's, maybe it's not in this book, but she says it. Um often, and it's associated with her, which is that you can't use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house. Um, and it's interesting because I, I, think, I, I think what she means by that, the master's tools are hegemony yeah. and exclusion mm-hmm. and oppression. And I think she was saying that to all the white feminists who are meeting together to consolidate their power over and against men and male power yeah. but they're doing it as white women and so black women couldn't really be at the table like you were just saying um when black activists get together or gay activists get together it's like you can't even be part of that club or that movement or that cause unless you're also black or gay or white or whatever it is and she's saying that won't work uh, we're just you're just becoming the master. You're just living in the same house and you're just usurping the master's place but nothing's changed. Um, And I think the, I don't want to say overt, that's like an understatement. The pervasive sexuality in here, the the way sexuality is part of every experience, not just encounter, everything, she does. Is sexual, and so it's almost—it's almost like Freudian, you know. Like everything can be reduced to sexuality. Everything can be explained that way. Um, you know, you feel insecure because you—you probably, you know, want to have sex with your mom. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's like she. uh She's doing something similar here, and I think that's also kind of throwing out one of the master's tools for her, like.
0: Right. Because sex for, is so silent for the time that she's writing. For
1: the WASP world, you know, for the white, male, straight, Protestant, whatever world. Um, mainstream America. Yeah, sex is this, like...
0: Almost shameful thing. Nobody talks about it.
1: Well, or you could say a holy thing. You know, a precious thing that is the most intimate thing you can do. But I don't
0: think that at that time it was that way. I think it was like a shame thing. 50s, come on. this is For
1: everyone? You're just saying that time. Not for everyone, but At that that time, sex was a shame thing. I
0: think. What, for all
1: 6 billion people in the world?
0: No, I think generally like Americans were not talking about sex openly at the time and it was sort of used as a power. Anyways.
1: I think there probably were many Americans who were. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, and and it depends what you mean by open. Um. But she was, she was saying the way that the way that um sexuality is so first of all so rigidly defined and also so private needs to be changed like I'm just gonna break break that box wide open, everything be sexual, and it'll be very fluid, and so
0: it's <clears throat> like a direct opposition to what people were
1: yeah, and so yeah, yeah. um yeah and and, and me also'm yeah you know, I'm reading this going, you know when i pound when I pound spices, it's not really. Sexual, um, it's it's like I don't get I don't get aroused from herbs, um, and it's like I mean it just depends on the herb, but <clears throat> um,
0: yeah, it could be an aphrodisiac.
1: Se- sexuality is one part of my identity, and for her it's everything, and for her it's everything because I think it was it kind of had to be for her to, like like again so she wouldn't suffocate. Um, but that that's just something on a philosophical level that seems like she she threw out one of the tools that you need to build a house to build a society if everyone was you know everyone was like this like if everyone was zami she's it's almost like she's saying there could be some world some utopia in which is just a bunch of women loving and having sex and being friends and well, you can and see
0: how that's like her pounding reaction. spices together it's exactly, it's exactly what you're saying right, it's right. Like her responding to her experiences there's her some world that can be like oppression.
1: that and that is yeah that's it's dreamy, you know, it's a utopia I think that some, one of the tools you need to build a society that works a society that is stable and has peace um, is this kind of I don't know, rules rules about like who a person is (laughs) like, and uh, yeah. And, and, and what, what they can be and what they can do. Um, If you throw all the rules out, you don't actually get justice. You just get anarchy. So the way the rules need to change, but there can be no rules.
0: Well, I think, uh, yes, but, or yes. And I would say that this is a, this is a great book because it's about, um, because it is political, and it is a story of a woman's experience, a, a gay black woman's experience in, who came of age in the 1950s, and, and her, that's her story of, of that experience, of living in New York at the time, and, and all of the relationships that she had, and I think that it's great because it's so political, and it's so important, and it's so aggressive, and because it really gives space for people to feel like to find themselves in the story and to find their space. I think that I when I I really identify with with being told that I can't sit at a table for actually the exact opposite reasons, but she can't sit at the table. And it's not like I want to be a leader of any movements or or anything. I just want to be there and I want to help and move with people and, and live with people and live in the kind of relationships and communities that she Creates and the the sort of movement that she's trying to 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 start among the different movements that are happening, and I think I'm really empowered and challenged when I when I whenever I read Audre Lorde because I identify with her message of 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 not using the master's house tools to dismantle the master's house, and then also of of solidarity and unity among all people, and uh, and uh, um, not letting our differences divide us. but letting them be part of like, definitely acknowledging them and letting them be part of who we are, but not letting them, um, uh, she says, um, it shouldn't be divide and conquer. It should be define and something. I can't really exact quote, but she says something really poignant. Audrey says something very similar.
1: I what it is too. Does
0: it define and empower?
1: It's not like that.
0: Yeah. So one of, in the, in uh, sister outsider, Audrey Lord is quoted saying, um, divide and conquer must become define and empower. And I think that that is something that is like very true to social justice or movements or human justice movements or whatever you want to call it. Like we can only move forward and change and grow together. And I think above and beyond all the other messages and ideas and theories and, and things that are discussed and dis- and. Explored in Zami, A New Spelling of My Name, like, unity is one of the most pervasive or important themes. Like, yes, she's using sex as a political statement about her experience growing up in the 50s, and yes, she's talking about being queer and black and gay and a mother and having a son and all these things, which are very important topics, but I think the most important thing that I took away from this book when I read it was that, like, above Elf. Above all else, it's important for us to work together to move forward. Um, and I think that her life is, is one that's full of tragedy and, and love and heartbreak and harm and hope and all of these things that just make for an excellent uh, read. And, and I think that it's absolutely wonderful that she's done it in a, in a that she did it so it's one So it's one of the books that I recommend to people. Most frequently, because it's just very poignant to me.
1: I think that does it for this episode of Book Swap. (laughs) Book Swap is a production of Paperclip, produced and directed by Rebecca Calhoun, editing by Hannah Smith, and an extra special thanks to Ben Belserak for the theme music. If you like BookSwap, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, or tweet at us at PaperclipFM, or with the hashtag BookSwap. You should also check out another new show on Paperclip, Jean-Michel Biscuit, interviewing artists about food. Or check out the always-updating content on WineAndDonut.com. If you want to help us make this show and other shows like it, Visit patreon.com slash paperclipfm and find out how you can donate a monthly amount that makes this show possible.
0: So I'm Hannah.
1: I'm Peter. The name of this podcast is Jean-Michel Biscuit.
0: You can hear about some up-and-coming artists and their relationship with seamless.
1: We talked about Sausage Party. It's a a movie
0: that looks terrible and has Seth
1: Rogen in it?
0: We also go through food news about golden donuts and waparitos. So, I mean, please listen.
1: Subscribe to this other podcast. It sounds good, right? Mm. John michel Michelle Biscuit. It's what's for dinner. That's not taken.